Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you, he replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Andrew. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you that you long to open up scripture to us. And Lord, I I pray that you would come and walk among us this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to listen and hearts to understand. And Lord, please take my preparation and use it for your glory. Amen. When I was 19, I worked as a church youth worker up in Norwich. And I remember going into one of the secondary schools um, for what we called Grilla Christian. It was that opportunity for the young people to ask those really difficult questions which were keeping them awake at night. And on this one particular session, there were a group of lads sat right at the back. And I could see that they were in discussion about the questions. They were raising all sorts of options and then dismissing them. And then one brave lad spoke up. Do you think Adam and Eve had belly buttons? So this young lad comes up with this question. Do you think Adam and Eve had had belly buttons? I can't remember what I said to him in response, but quite frankly, I don't think he was interested in what I had to say in response to his question. So when we come to this passage, I'm not really surprised that the Pharisees in our story remind me so much of that young lad and his friends. Because with the question that they asked Jesus, I don't think the Pharisees really wanted to hear the answer. I'm acutely aware that this is a really sensitive topic and a difficult passage of scripture. 
My parents divorced when I was in my early 20s. Um, my brother and sister were probably about nine and seven at the time. So I've experienced firsthand the pain of a family affected by divorce. My mum and dad have subsequently remarried uh, other people and Jenny and I were invited to their weddings. I remember agonising over this text and questioning whether we should go to their wedding. We went, we had a lovely time. And on the one hand, I see mum and dad are really happy with their partners. And yet, we've got this complicated text today. So let's take a look at it. The first thing I want us to notice this morning is it wasn't Jesus who starts the conversation about divorce and remarriage. Verse 2 says, Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce? In my mind, the word tested feels a bit weak. Today, we would probably say that they wanted to catch Jesus with his guard down. The question is a trap. So we pick up the narrative at the point where there's building hostility from the Pharisees to try and catch Jesus. This is all part of a bigger conspiracy to gather evidence which would later lead to his arrest and trial. Just picture the scene. The Pharisees are in cahoots. They're stood in the shadows and you can hear them thinking, here he is, what should we ask him today? Why don't we use our superior knowledge to catch him up. And what better way to try and trap Jesus than asking about divorce and remarriage? Of course, on the one hand, the Pharisees were experts in the Jewish law. In asking this question, they wanted to test whether Jesus would endorse what Moses said or whether in their eyes he would contradict Moses. On the other hand, the Pharisees were incredibly politically astute. We read in verse 1, which is just missing in our reading this morning, that Jesus travelled to Judea, near to the Jordan. It would have been completely obvious to Jesus, the Pharisees, and the disciples that they were entering the area where John the Baptist had ministered. We read in Matthew's Gospel that John had been arrested and beheaded because he criticised Herod Antipas for marrying his brother's wife. Either way, the Pharisees were backing a winner. Would Jesus contradict Moses, or would he speak out against Herod Antipas? Whatever the Pharisees' motives, they were trying to see if Jesus would compromise himself by making a rash pronouncement. The heart of their question is this. Would the so-called friend of sinners and tax collectors hold lax views on relationships? But there's a deeper question here. The law of Moses was always being interpreted and developed as circumstances evolved, a bit like the way we might develop case law today. In the first century, there were two diametrically opposed schools of thought. One school was strict. Divorce was permissible solely on the grounds of sexual impropriety. The other side were extremely relaxed, Divorce was permissible because the woman burnt the dinner or the man simply lost interest in her. The key issue is the Pharisees wanted to know which side of the argument Jesus would take. 
it was as controversial as asking people what their views on Brexit might be. Jesus responded to the question posed by the Pharisees by asking them what Moses commanded. And the Pharisees must have felt so wrong-footed when Jesus responded in this way. They were trying to test him, and yet he was the one asking them the question to test their knowledge. The Pharisees reply, and we see this in verse 4, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send his wife away. We need to pay close attention to the way that the Pharisees respond. They don't actually summarize what Moses permitted. Nor do they simply take his words out of context. What they do is they misquote him so badly that the whole sense of the original passage is lost. Perhaps not the best way to try to respond when Jesus asks you a question. So let's look briefly at what Moses actually said. We find it in Deuteronomy 24, verses 1 to 4, and this is what it says. If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house, and after she leaves his house, she becomes the wife of another man, and her second husband dislikes her, and writes a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, sends her on her way. If he dies, and the first husband who divorces her remarries her, that's not allowed. No wonder the Pharisees summarized it, but I just think it's important just to ground it in what Moses was actually teaching. So the law isn't recommending divorce, and doesn't require a certificate of divorce. Moses seemed to acknowledge that divorce happens, and equally he acknowledged that remarriage happens. So what was he saying? Moses permitted a man to divorce his wife where he finds something indecent about her. The restriction seems to be that once a couple divorce, they can't remarry each other. Matthew's gospel is quite helpful here. He adds slightly more detail to the question that the Pharisees ask. In Matthew's account, we read that the Pharisees asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? In Matthew, again, we read that Jesus responds, I tell you, anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. So if we take the passages from Matthew, Mark, and Deuteronomy all together, there do seem to be biblical grounds for when divorce might be permitted. And by referring to marital unfaithfulness, Matthew seems to be referring to occasions where the marriage vows are so badly broken by one of the parties. And I don't think we're straying too far from what Jesus had in mind here if we broaden our definition of marital unfaithfulness to include any act which destroys the trust which is essential for marriage to thrive. Could we honestly say to the person who's fleeing an abusive relationship that they're not permitted to divorce and when the time's right to enjoy married life with a different partner? Having looked at the teaching of Moses, 
let's consider how Jesus responded to the Pharisees. Jesus said, it was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. Moses accepted that the people of Israel were unable to meet the standards that God required of them. And therefore, laws were needed to, to prevent people seeking divorce for spurious reasons. Taken in context, the teaching of Moses, which Jesus affirmed in our reading, was intended to protect women who were incredibly vulnerable in the society of the day. Jesus continues his response by turning to the early chapters of Genesis, where the Bible records the account of creation. God made human beings and created them in his image. We only have to read the early chapters of Genesis and we find sibling rivalry, murder, and other horrible situations which point at the devastation caused by broken relationships. We know from our own selfishness and sinful nature the consequences of Adam and Eve's disobedience have just caused havoc in every area of society. When Jesus spoke about your hardness of heart, he was providing painful insight into the reality of the human heart. It should come as no surprise to us that marriage is not exempt from this damage. Life's complex. While life shared in marriage can be incredibly precious and a blessing which so many enjoy, sadly, we know of situations where that's not always the case. I've often wondered why Mark ends this particular passage with an encounter telling us about the people bringing their children to Jesus. I think Mark includes this passage for this reason. He wants us to see a beautiful mosaic of the character of Jesus. Jesus wants us to come to him with our questions, but with the humility and gentleness of little children rather than the arrogance of the Pharisees. In the way that Jesus welcomes and blesses the children, we see a clear and visible example of the grace of God. The Jesus who welcomed the little children that day welcomes us today. Over the years, I've asked Jesus some really difficult questions. Every time I've come up with a question, I found him to be gentle and patient with me. I'm not saying that the answers have become clear immediately, but as I've thought about it and I've pondered the scriptures, ideas have become clear in my mind, and as I've spent time listening to other people. As we come to gather around the communion table this morning, let's use this as an opportunity to bring our hurt and our pain to Jesus. As we remember his brokenness on the cross, let's also remember the glorious resurrection. We come to him broken, but we can receive healing, grace, and mercy. This week, I've been listening to a worship song called, O Come to the Altar, and it contains these words. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave your regrets behind. Sorry, leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today 
there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. Amen.